Welcome to Talk Back. I'm Kahari. And I'm Rishi. And we're best friends talking theater and culture while spotlighting our Black and South Asian communities. This week, Rishi and I are going to commemorate this hot mess of a year with our best of 2020 list. Even though this was a terrible, terrible year, a lot of great things happened in pop culture and a lot of people reacted to the pandemic by doing really, really cool things. So we're each going to share our top 20 of 2020. So it's gonna be 40 total pieces that we talk about. Let's get into it. My first one is a person who I think did really amazing things this year. Um, My number one is Riz Ahmed. And um, I wanted to shout him out both for his incredible performance in The Sound of Metal. And also earlier this year, he released an album called The Long Goodbye, which was about his relationship to the UK and about Brexit. But he made the album like a breakup album. And it was so smart and interesting and he had amazing like South Asian artists on it. Um, I really love him because he's so talented both as a musician and as an actor but he always reps Desi culture. He's always like talking about his favorite pop culture artists who are South Asian and he's always bringing that in in a way that I just find so unapologetic. So I love hope it. next year he gets an Oscar nomination for Sound of Metal. Let's go. He was great in Sound of Metal. That movie is wild. Highly recommend it. All right, on to the next. So my number one is the Hamill film. Oh but my not even God. The film. So Hamilton, of course, came to Disney Plus on July 4th, like in the most dramatic way, splashy way possible. Um, and it's on my list one because how fun to have Hamilton come to the screen, but also because I really appreciated the conversation around Hamilton in 2020 yeah. and thought it was much more interesting and nuanced um, than the conversations around it in 2015-16 when it premiered in New York City. Um, and also shouting out just accessibility of having uh, filmed Broadway shows on stage. So Hamilton coming to Disney Plus was a win for me, um, even if not everyone loves it. And I like, that makes me kind of appreciate it even more. Rishi, what's your number two? Um, number two, uh, this might be on your list in some form. It is the woman, Z-Way. <laughs> yes. And I just, I just feel the need to shout out Z-Way for people who don't know. Z-Way has been killing it on Instagram Live. She's been doing interviews with people who were recently canceled or people who she just likes to trip up with questions that could interrogate them on being problematic. I can't do justice to how funny she is. Um, check out her interviews with Allison Roman and Caroline Calloway and Jeremy O'Harris. She has so much charm. She's so funny. She has really like good command of just like how to interview people. And I hope we see more of her in 2021. Z-Way, spelled Z-I-W-E. She is amazing. She's Definitely iconic. follow her on Insta because there's big things to come. My number two is Juan Moore. They're a group of singers who are all the sons of Wanya from Boys to Men. And they have been like singing on Instagram and they're so ridiculously talented and their blend is so smooth and gorgeous. And like, they're always just smiling ear to ear. And they're just like the, the 
most lovely boys. They have videos with like Spike Lee promising to work with them in the future. And I'm so excited for what they're going to do. They just sound so good. And like they have boys to men vibes, except they're like ages eight to 15. So my number two goes to one more. Um, so my third one is Ungodly Hour, Chloe Halley's new album. Yes. I, I Like, first of all, it's Ooh. both the album because the songs are just, it's like bop after bop and their vocals are just incredible. But also during COVID like time, they have done the most amazing performances from home. Like they did an amazing performance at, at the BET Awards. They did an amazing performance at the American Music Awards. Like every single performance they've done has on been- On the Today I, Show. On the Today Show, it's been They iconic. did do it, it was so good. And And like every single time they sing too, they make different vocal choices. They're, it's different choreography. It's like, I just think they're raising the game for everybody. Killing it, rapid fire. My number three is Meg Thee Stallion and all mm. she was this year. Um, so first of all, she had, I feel like, two, maybe the two most popular songs this year with WAP and Savage. Yeah. Um, slash, I guess, Savage Remix. Uh, and then also Body, which is like newer, is having its own big moment, especially with all the TikTok challenges. Also, I think like she's just been through a lot this year uh, and handled the whole Tory Lanez, like fucking hot ass, like fucking mess nigga uh, situation very gracefully. And I'm, yeah. and I'm grateful that she's kind of being centered in, in rap right now. And I'm excited to see what she does moving forward. Um, my next one is Naomi Osaka legend Ooh. athlete of the year according to the ap like she is incredible so she won her third grand slam this year she won the u.s open which was very very exciting but she's also on the list because frankly the way she's used her platform has been so intentional and smart um especially like the way she um didn't just like talk about um the protests and police violence she really like made it central to how she entered all of those competitions. We're gonna be watching her play tennis and win grand slams for the next like 20 years. So, so much love for her. My number four is Parasite winning best picture at the Woo! Oscars. You never know how these award shows are going to go because they be jipping people of color all the time. So I was really happy to see Parasite not be snubbed and to see the Academy as Monique iconically said, reward the performance and not the politics. Um, so let's go Parasite. My next one is kind of sad, but uh, this year, early in January, we, we lost Erfan Khan, who mm. was one of the best actors just alive. Like, you know, people might know him from Slumdog Millionaire, The Namesake. He's was in a lot of Bollywood movies. Um, and yeah, he passed away of cancer and it's such a loss. And I will miss like his intensity and his presence. And uh, it's a sad one, but really appreciate him. Rest in peace, for sure. My number five is Beyonce's Black is King um, video. What do you even call it? Al visual album? Visual album experience. Um, yes, it was just so exceptional. <laughs> Black is King is Black excellence at its finest. There are some songs on there that have really uplifted me in my mm. self-love journey. Keys to the Kingdom. Oh mm. my God. Mood Forever and Bigger. Like these are just some songs that like when I just need to raise my spirits, I go to Beyonce and the, the visual album was, you know, visually stunning. Rishi, number six. Number six, Lovers Rock on Amazon. So this movie is, for people who haven't seen it, it's about a house party in the 80s. It is so beautiful, so joyful. It's movie making at its finest. Um, 
And I don't know, it just makes me miss seeing a bunch of like beautiful people in a room and listening to music and just one day we're going to be back to that. And if you have not seen Lovers Rock, it's only like an hour and it's incredible. <clears throat> My number six is What the Constitution Means to Me on Amazon Prime Video, starring and created by the incomparable Heidi Schreck. Um, it is, you know, a uh, another Hamilton situation of a Broadway show that was filmed live on stage and brought to a major streaming platform. And uh, Heidi Schreck is just the best human. And I really think everyone should watch this. It also came out right before the election. So, you know, it was very timely. Even I hate when people say that things are timely because everything's always timely. But um, Constitution really landed on screen just as it did in the theater, for which I was really grateful. White excellence also. Um, Come on, white excellence. So um, I'm going to now do my only theater thing on this list, which is not a dig. It's just we didn't have a lot of theater. But one thing we did have is the amazing play Heroes of the Fourth Turning. They did it virtually. And yep. when I say like, you know, I'm not somebody who enjoys virtual theater, but they captured the mood of that incredible play. It was also nominated for the Pulitzer Prize this year. Um, it is such a chilling, incredible play about white conservatives. Um, not people I would mostly want to see a play about, but it's so incredible. I highly recommend checking it out and hopefully you'll get to see it on stage someday. So good. Ah, oh, amazing. All right, next for me is Versus, all of them. I forget who even started the Versus challenges, but essentially it was just like, it started with Black people and like taking these music icons and having them play their songs one by one, kind of like what we're doing right now, except the audience on like Instagram Live would then like vote on which song was better and stuff like that. Um, my favorites were the Ludacris Nelly one and the Brandy Monica one. They were just Both like, iconic. they just made me so happy. And those like four artists were all kind of like in their prime during my childhood. Um, so it was just so nostalgic um, and my whole family, like every black person I know would get so excited for these and they're still going versus is a really creative thing that, you know, emerged during this pandemic that I'm excited to see continue and I'm really grateful for. It's also interesting how like high budget they became. It started off as yeah. just like an Insta Live and then it became just so much bigger. My next one is um, a breakout performance. Um, I want to single out my Trehi Ramakrishnan from Never Have I Ever. Um, oh my god he's a star and i'm gonna say like i don't think the show is perfect personally i think i have some quibbles with some of the thi like the way in which I, they represented basic people i know i know isn't that insane insane wow. it was one of my early binges during yeah right quarantine. So early but she is a star she's so charming she is so good in dramatic scenes like i'm just so excited to return to that show just so i can see her and especially to see like a young Basie girl just get an opportunity like that and to just knock it out of the park, it brought me so much joy. Also like awards, please recognize her because she was one of the, that's one of the best performances of the year. I'm with it. So my number eight is the special episode of Euphoria. Um, mm. So season, there's only been one season, right? Yeah, season one like wrapped up earlier, but then a couple weeks ago they released a special episode about um, Zendaya's character, Rue. And it's really just Rue and um, Coleman Domingo's character just having a conversation. And the two of them were so beautiful, so beautiful. I thought they both acted it so well. And I thought it was really delicately and tenderly written and um, directed. And it was just a really 
beautiful, long, elongated scene that reminded me of being in the theater. That's my number eight, that, you have, that episode of Euphoria. It was awesome. That leads perfectly into my next one, which I'm making my next one. It wasn't actually my next one, but I also have on my list Zendaya's <laughs> Emmy win for Best yep. Actress. Um, that was an amazing moment for multiple reasons. I think, one, she beat an insanely competitive like category mm-hmm. of people like Olivia Colman, Jennifer Aniston, Jodie Comer, Sandra Oh, all sorts of people, Laura Linney. But, she, but what was so beautiful about it is like, I just think about the joy in her speech, her family behind her. And also, uh, I don't know, it, it was just such an incredible opportunity to see one of our young stars actually get the recognition they deserve. And I think it's the beginning of um, a really amazing career for her and many more awards to come. Absolutely, Zendaya is it right now. So while we're on the topic of the Emmys, uh, my number, what number is this? My number nine is Shit's Creek's sweep at the Emmys. Um, because God, I watched, I binged all of Shit's Creek <laughs> in COVID, all six seasons. And it is such a beautiful, funny, charming, lovely show. And I fall, I fell in love with the Levies. I think they're brilliant. I think Catherine O'Hara is. Oh my God. A, a comedic genius. God tier comic. <laughs> side note, this isn't my on my list, but the Emmys in general, I think were a really great award show mm-hmm. for the virtual environment. Of course there were hiccups because it was the first like big virtual award show, but I thought they did a good job. Um, next on my list is a performance I hope does possibly get an Oscar. Uh, Delroy Lindo in The Five Bloods. Holy shit, like I think anybody who knows Delroy Lindo knows that he's always brilliant in whatever he does. He's amazing on The Good Fight. He's been amazing in so many movies. But Spike Lee gave him the role of his career this year. And I still cannot get over how incredible he was, like playing a um, Vietnam War veteran who still is dealing with PTSD. He has this monologue to the camera in the forest. That's so good. Holy shit. So I'm just so happy that an actor of his just like brilliance finally got the recognition he deserves and finally got the role that he deserves and um i hope more is to come for him i love that i will say i don't i hope he gets an oscar nomination yes um, yes yes and yes, i yes. hope chadwick boseman wins the oscar yes but you know any other year like delroy and hopefully you know this is a catalyst to give him more like incredible roles like uh, what Spike gave him in The Five Bloods. That's a great movie. Uh, Okay, my, this is fun. My number 10 is similar to my last one in that it's kind of twofold. So it's the Ratatouille musical slash TikTok. Um, Like my last one is Schitt's Creek slash the Emmys. So the Ratatouille musical is literally a devised piece of theater created by content creators on TikTok, literally just being funny and being creative. Um, And... Some of the songs are really freaking catchy and lovely. Um, and they're currently building out a concert version of it. And it just makes me really happy because um, I think TikTok in general has kind of like democratized talent. That whole kind of era of like every day, like getting a new text from a friend of like a rat- new Ratatouille song um, was really fun. And I'm excited to see where they take it. I, I, I support that being a Broadway show, even if it's not good, just the principle of that happening makes me really excited. And speaking of people who became viral over uh, the pandemic time, um, 
my next one is Elsa Majimbo, who might have been on your list. I don't know. But like, she wasn't, but I think I introduced you to her. I think I was, I was the one who sent you videos. I think everybody was sending me videos about her around that time. Like she's just, so for context, she's a Kenyan internet comedian and um, she's only 18, I believe. And it's incredible just the following she's built. It, I can't really do her justice, but she's just brought me so much joy because all of her videos like consist of her, um, you know, talking about like not wanting to work or not wanting to work out or not wanting to do all of these things we're pressured to do. And then just laughing joyfully about it and eating chips and putting on sunglasses. And that might sound reductive, like to describe it that way, but literally she brings me so much joy. And everybody I know who follows her, I think she brings them so much joy. Um, and I'm just so excited for somebody like that, who's just so funny and so bright that, you know, they're getting embraced and celebrated in a time like this. She is so naturally, like, hilarious. Um, and also has such good comedic timing. Like, she's truly a performer. And I think she's just going to continue to blow up. And she posted literally today, actually, she was like, this was, she reposted her first TikTok that went, or her first Insta video that went viral. Um, and like, earlier in March, like at the beginning of the pandemic. And it's just so impressive what she's built in less than a year. Uh, okay, number 11. Mine is, again, two things, because I cannot be simple. Uh, it is the Miami Heat's finals run in the NBA championship slash the, the NBA bubble. First of all, I think the NBA, out of most of these like huge corporations, handled the virus extremely well, and mm-hmm. that they were able to continue to like make money and to do their thing um, without putting people at risk. So, uh, you know, of course, usually NBA teams would be traveling across the country, across the continent, actually, uh, to play basketball. But instead, they all congregated in a resort in Disney and um, all played there and, like, tested really efficiently. And there were no cases in the case of the entire season. Um, And then the Miami Heat, who, like, won the Eastern Conference and ended up ultimately losing to the Lakers in the finals, were not supposed to make it to the finals. They weren't even supposed to make the semifinals. Um, and they just have a team of like really awesome young guys who um, are just so tough, so resilient, and they play really good basketball. They're also well coached. So I think that they have a lot going for them. And if we get like one more star on the Heat, they're, they can win. Um, and there's just such a fun time watching them. And also just having basketball on in the middle of the quarantine was amazing for me. So number 11 goes to the heat and the bubble. We're moving right through these. My next one is uh, what I think was probably the performance of the year by an amazing actress. And don't laugh. This is about Kamala Harris. (laughs) I I think, listen, I have some issues with her as a politician, but I just have to say, like, we have to talk about how Kamala Harris is so funny. And as a viral, like, superstar i think about her her video when she won the president's the vice presidency calling we joe did biden it, joe. did it joe and and it's like this is not me standing kamala harris just to be clear i have a lot of criticisms and <laughs> on the record that rishi stands kamala harris and she can do, do not wrong. do not people know where and... i stand people know where i stand <laughs> um but but like i think we have to admit that politicians are actors and like she always delivers the drama <laughs> she always delivers the comedy totally. that's hilarious um, mine, my next one, what number are we on? This is going to be my 12th. Yes. Um, is 
45 losing the presidency. Woo! <laughs> I'm going to take a different approach than Rishi instead of Wait, celebrating. He literally lost. He literally Sometimes lost. Sometimes I forget. I'm going to uplift the fact that we're not in a perfect place now, but there's some progress and uh, we'll no longer have to deal with that man in office. He's caused so much harm um, and frankly has just killed a lot of people and I'm just over it and ready for something different. I appreciate you not actually saying his name on this podcast because shit, I don't want to hear that. I don't really <laughs> don't have a reason to. Yep. Um, so next on my list is a show that we both adored, but specifically the writing on I May Destroy You. Um, Michaela Cole, Michaela Cole, Michaela Cole, Michaela Cole. I, I don't even have words. Like as I'm like thinking about it, I'm struggling to come it's up hard, with words. It's right? hard. Yeah. And what she achieved through the character she created, the way she explored these really dicey, upsetting, brutal issues, and the way in which she balanced tone. Like I just I don't know. It's one of the greatest things I've ever seen in my life. And I don't expect to see anything that good for a long time. This is one of the best pieces of television that has ever been produced. I love that. So I'm just going to keep it. One of mine on my list was the finale of I Made a Story You. Come on now. Um, which completely decimated me. I, I didn't it's one of those experiences where you are so tied to the screen and like you can feel your your body and your spirit being taken on a ride and you don't know what's going to happen next. It's truly one of the most brilliant episodes of television I've seen in my life. And also, yeah, like like content, content warning, like yeah, content warning sexual it, it, violence. But I, I think Michaela Cole is is a gift and I'm excited to see what she does next. Absolutely. Next on my list is an album called Visions of Bodies Being Burned um, by Clipping, which is um, the rap group that is uh, fronted by David Diggs. And I think many people appreciate David Diggs from Hamilton and like all of his acting work and things like that. But his group Clipping has consistently, album after album, delivered incredible, incredible like pieces of music. All of his um, albums kind of have a plot and they're heavily influenced by sci-fi and horror. So this album is very much like inspired by Shirley Jackson um, horror um, short stories. And I just think he's one of the boldest and most exciting artists working today. And um, I'm excited for more people to realize that, you know, his works extends far beyond um, Hamilton and um, also the TV he does. Uh, he's really major. Love it. My next one is also an album, and it's Chilombo by Janae Aiko, mm -hmm. which is my favorite R&B album of the year. It is just so soulful and sexy um, and, and like brings me into this like mindfulness state. And she has a couple of performances that she's done of like songs from the album, and her performances are also just really stunning. Um, and I'm like into this era of R&B right now. I feel like there's a lot of really... Um, there's a lot of artists with a lot of potential, especially um, female vocalists. So I'm really looking forward to, to what she does next and also to like seeing R&B kind of continue to grow and evolve as a genre. Absolutely. Um, my next one is another performance I really loved this year. Um, it's Amanda Seyfried in the movie Mank. Ooh. I will say Mank is not on my list. <laughs> and I think there's a <laughs> no shade. It's, 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 it's fun. It's not fun. It's kind of boring but anyway um she is the highlight of that movie she's just charming and luminous and funny and she's really 
fucking good in this movie. Go Cypher. Also, it's really nice to see her like having these opportunities so late in her career. I mean, not so late, but you know, she's, she's been, been working, she's been she's been working, working for like 20 years. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. so incredible. really cool. Um, all right, my next one, which I believe is number 15, um, is Kimberly Drew's Black Power Lunch Hour. Mm. So Kimberly Drew is a um, museum art curator um, and just emerging as like a, a cultural influencer. She goes by Museum Miami on Instagram and in the quarantine, she hosted a series of Instagram Live similar to Z-Way. Um, and she actually went on Z-Way once, but uh, and the series was called Black Power Lunch Hour. And essentially she just interviews um, black artists or black um, professionals or just people who are like really excellent in a certain field. Uh, and they just like have a conversation where she like learns about their craft, what they do, um, and so that they can share their their work with their with her audience. And she like introduced me to people who like ended up like changing my life. Like for example, Joe Holder, who's like this health and wellness expert, uh, who is just like the coolest dude um, who I've become obsessed with in the teen. Um, and like when I found him, if it wasn't for the Black Power Lunch Hour. And uh, she's also just having a prolific year. She released a book with Jenna Wortham this year called Black Futures. Um, and I think is just a really special voice in, in culture and especially in art. So I'm excited to see what she does next as well. Um, All right, Rishi, number 16. Speaking of another exciting voice in pop culture, um, Jeremy O'Harris as a person. Um, you know, I, I, this is technically a theater thing, but I just think the things he's done this year have been so spectacular. So, you know, Slave Play uh, closed earlier before the pandemic, of course, but since then he has done so many amazing things. In addition to becoming a fashion icon, he released the Golden Collection, which was this amazing collection of black plays that he wants to reintroduce and center in the canon. Um, He's also uh, produced, he's producing the Ratatouille musical. He produced Circle Jerk on, um, on, uh, online. And he also produced Heroes of the Fourth Turning. He's just become such a force for good uh, in the theater world, in the entertainment world. And I just think he's building a legacy that's really um, going to change the way we talk about art. Absolutely. I wish I could have included this on my list. It was in 2019, but I went to one of the blackout performances of Slave Play and it literally changed my life. I've never been in a room with 800 black people watching a piece of theater before um, and watching a piece as incendiary and brilliant as Slave Play. And I will always cherish that experience. Alexis, if you're listening, like that saved my life. All right, what's next? 16 for me is Issa Rae and Yvonne Orji in season four of Insecure. Um, mm-hmm. For season three, they both just got their first nominations for the show, which I'm really excited about. Um, but season four came out this summer and uh, they their friendship is ever evolving on the show, um, Issa and Molly. And I am just so grateful for the representation of like black adult friendships on the show and black women adult friendships on the show. I really appreciate how that was the center of the arc of the season and how it wasn't about their romantic relationships or wasn't about like their their work life. Like season four was all about Issa and Molly and what they're going through and Issa Rae and Yvonne Orji did an excellent job portraying them and um, are truly stars. And Yvonne Orji also had a really great comedy special come out on Netflix this year um, that I watched with my sisters and like really enjoyed. And I watched a lot of comedy specials this year and noticed that none of them are on my list because 
I wasn't mm. super thrilled by any of them. And hers was the only one that I was like, okay, yes, I'm into this. So Yvonne Orji and Issa Rae to, to more of them. Love them both. Um, the next one on my list is, um, it's, a, it's a clothing collection. It's um, Kane Shikori's Uniqlo tennis collection. Um, <laughs> You're such a loser. I, <laughs> listen, I feel like whenever you do anything, you should have clothes that match it. And so when I play tennis, I want to wear like clothes by, you know, like tennis players. So oh, yes, I got, totally. I got this collection from Uniqlo and um, it was very, very exciting for me because I feel like my tennis game just got better frankly. And um, I have, got have to thank them. So, uh, yeah. Amazing. For me, another twofold one. So it's Christine Bransky, Audrey McDonald, and Merle Street performing <laughs> <laughs> Ladies Who Lunch from Company at Sondheim's birthday tribute slash Sondheim's birthday tribute. So, oh my God, like just talk about three legends being hilarious and broad uh, in the the birthday tribute to Stephen Sondheim, who's like the foremost creator of musical theater. And uh, um, it's funny because they're vocally all on like very different planes. <laughs> so there's like Audra who's like singing her butt off. Um, and then like Meryl Streep, who I'm still not convinced can actually produce sound. Who is, who sound. is uh, proof, to, <laughs> proof to us that she lip syncs in a lot of her movies. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't think she knows how to produce musical sound. So, versus Audrey McDonald, who's, like, our best singer in the theater. But they were all just brought energy, brought humor, brought grace. God, like, musicals have been something that I've missed a lot in this time. Um, and hearing a bunch of Stephen Sondheim tunes in the team definitely fed my soul. My next thing is a book that I adored called Leave the World Behind. Um, it's a new novel by Rumam Alam, and it's going to be made into a movie with Denzel and Julia Roberts. And um, without giving too much away, it's about a family that goes on a um, vacation to like an Airbnb upstate. And it's hard to put into words what makes this book so good, but it's one of the books that really helped me make sense of what we're living through right now. It's Best to go in blind. I'm not going to say anything more than that, but um, it's absolutely incredible. And I was so excited that a South Asian uh, writer was the person who um, wrote it. Amazing. Number 18 for me is, is this a room? It's a play conceived by Tina Sater. And what it is, is a verbatim piece of um, the, the like real life, FBI investigation of Reality Winner, who is a woman who um, was a whistleblower of the whole Russian interference in the 2016 election. And I'm like literally having a hard time speaking because I'm getting chills thinking about that play. It was one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever seen in my life. And it's literally like the FBI comes to her home to interrogate her, but they're not telling her explicitly why they're there. So they're just having this polite, uncomfortable conversation that just gets under your skin because you know why they're there. She knows why they're there. Everyone knows what's happening. And then is until the final moments of the show when they're like, what's up? Um, 
and she like confesses in this really dramatic, well-staged moment of the show. Um, but the word Russia isn't used in the piece once, like the word election isn't used in the piece once. It's really smart. Um, and one of the, the best plays I've seen in my life. Um, and was so grateful to have seen that. And Rishi, I'm sad that you didn't have the opportunity yeah. to because um, you would have, I just like know it would have messed with your taste. Um, just such a good play. Oh my God. This is one of those things like when you miss these shows, like, you know, there are Broadway shows that like are luckily preserved in bigger ways, but when you miss these like little off Broadway shows, it like kills me. Um, because it's like, I, it's like, I, when you said it, I was like, Ooh, I have chills just thinking about it because I know people who love it so much, including yourself. Um, but yeah, that hopefully it comes back in some form. Um, my next one is, um, more Desi representation. I want to talk about, um, this year was a really rocky year for like food media, but, um, two people who I really appreciated were Sola L. Wiley and Priya Krishna on Bon Appetit. Um, as many people know, the Bon Appetit brand kind of fell apart mm, this year yeah. for good reason. Um, they really were not treating um, their uh, employees of color correctly at all and were really under, like, un just like underappreciating them. They weren't paying them well. They were treating them like shit. It was really fucked up. But Sola and Priya really stood up for, um, for all of the employees, past and present, um, at Bon Appetit. And they also continue to do amazing work for other publications, both for the New York Times and for Food 52. And I'm just so happy that there's like two young brown girls who are just like, I don't know, I just, it just makes me so happy because like, I feel like they're part of like my like generation and community. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and they also just make amazing ass food. Number 19 for me is all of the shows that I watched in 2020. Um, whether they came out in 2020 or not, but I think we're in a golden age of television and I am so grateful to have been watching like an absurd amount of TV, especially during this pandemic. Might not be good for everyone's mental health, um, but I think it's been just really fun for me. Um, so I've been like catching up on old shows um, and like also like new wish shows that like just didn't come out this year. So like for now I'll shout out Barry, Jesus, Atlanta, Ooh. God, The oh. Good Place, My Heart, Russian Doll, Big Little Lies, The People vs. OJ, The Assassination of Gianni Versace, Rhythm and Flow, and on and on and on. Like, just so much good TV. You got your master's in television this I year. I really <laughs> got my, my MS, because God knows it's a science and an art. And um, yeah, just such a good time. And I'm so excited to, a lot of those shows are like still running. So like, I'll be able to see, um, all the new seasons in like 2021, 2022, when they come out and be up to date. Um, this is really exciting. Just a reminder to everybody, TV yeah, is yeah. it. TV is it right now. Like there is not yeah. a better, like the best writing, the best acting, all the best things are happening there. My final is Soraya McDonald's piece on how Broadway needs to do better in general. Oh, that was piece. such a good fucking piece. It was so that fucking good. I forgot yeah. about that. It was amazing. Yeah, and it was wow. it was all about basically it was just it was talking about how like Broadway can serve black people better. And it was it wasn't just saying like we need more representation, we need, you know, better wages. It was like, what if there was a Broadway theater, you know, in other boroughs? What if um we just reconceived of how we think of theater completely? I was like, I'm so happy that somebody went there and was imaginative enough to like dare to dream a better 
you know, version. Because one thing that, mm -hmm. like, I think we talk about a lot is, like, theater is not accessible. It's kind of weird to even talk about theater on this podcast sometimes, feeling like, how are people, you know, going to have access to this? You know what I mean? Because, you know, we've been very fortunate and privileged to see a lot and to know a lot. But it's, like, I'm excited by all of this conversation because none of it exists right now. And perhaps when we come back, we can imagine a better way to experience, perform and consume theater. Because mm. I want all of our listeners and everybody I love to see shows and to experience that because it's not this like weird side artsy thing that you, you shouldn't understand. It's just as vital as music and movies and everything. And, and I really feel like we would all be better off if we had access to theater. And um, totally. I'm, hoping, I'm hoping that, you know, the future brings that. God bless. And kind of in, in conversation with that, my final, my number 20 of best of 2020 is to talk back and to Whoa, We made um, the list. Come on, you know, because I think <laughs> it is no surprise <laughs> that this project of ours took some time to be something that we actually centered and were consistent with. And I'm really excited that at the end of 2020, Rishi and I have gotten a flow with this thing. And it's really important to us that we um, are in conversation with our community about all things pop culture, but especially theater, uh, which we think is often overlooked. And like literally yesterday I had people in my DMs about like, Ma Rainey and they were like I'm going to look up other August Wilson plays like I thought like literally like just niggas who don't know theater who yeah. are like Ma Rainey was dope like I'm gonna look up more of his stuff and that makes me so happy I am very <laughs> grateful for our continued adult virtual weird friendship even though we did hang out a little bit in the quarantine it's been a fun year despite all of the BS. I'm so grateful for all the people who have joined and I'm so excited for all the people who will join. Um, I was also thinking of putting myself on the list, not talk back. I was thinking of doing like, and like my final best of 2020 is to myself because I grew so much this year, but then See, I that's so funny and just against it. Really like you're just really revealing your narcissism. My narcissism I yeah. put you on the list and then yes. you're going to say, oh, you know what? I was also thinking about putting me on the list. Not, oh, Ka, I was thinking about putting you on the list. Well, you so, know what? Actually, Ka, like I was thinking okay, about- Okay, I roll. I was thinking about- um, <laughs> a lot of your uh, achievements this year. And I should also do like a top 20 Kahari list. That's just all of the things that you are. <laughs> so like the reason I didn't put you on the list is I don't want to limit you. <laughs> You're ridiculous. God, so grateful for all of the culture that I've consumed this year. Um, so this is our top 20 of 2020. And hopefully there will be just more and more wonderful things to come in 2021. Absolutely. We'll see you guys soon. Thanks for listening to Talk Back. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, rate, and review our podcast. If you want to continue the conversation, please follow, tag, and DM us on social media. I'm at Kahari underscore blue on Instagram and Twitter. And I'm at Rishi Metallic on Twitter and at Rishi Praval Metallic on Insta. This episode was produced by Kahari Blue and Rishi Metallic. It was edited by Isabel Merrill and featured music by Jazak Gammon, aka Baronate.